Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. Thanks for tuning in on this special bonus episode of Rooster Radio. Today we're talking with a former high school classmate of yours truly. Calling in from their studio, all the way in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Dalton Davis. A Gastonia born and raised artist and frontman of Dalton and the Boys. These guys come together to deliver a timeless outlaw country sound fused with a 70s rock vibe. So without further ado, these kings of country crying songs bless our soul with their song, By the Bottle. Sun up till after dark But I'm the youngest Spend a day like that All I'm ever doing is working hard And the bills keep stacking on up And they just won't pay themselves I'm a done working for the week Grab the 1800 off the shelf It's hard to change I only know this life 
guy. Okay, what's what's up? What's up? Oh, it's all good, brother. So we'll we'll just hop right in. We've actually been listening to uh, "By the Bottle," and it is a a great song. I mean, you guys are a great band. Thank you. Is it okay if I smoke on this podcast? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, of course. Okay, right on. Bet I put it out, but I was like, well, I need to smoke, but I had a long day. Now nah. <laughs> <laughs> I started a job as a chimney sweep through the winter, but that's a bitch of a job. Climbing the roofs every day. Whew, I'm too skinny for all that weather, but I'll be getting blown off by the wind. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Well, talk about talk about your musical job. Where did you where did you begin your musical journey? So, um, I actually first started playing in church before anything else. Uh, that's really like, even though we play country music, I think what makes us stand out the most as a band is we all played in church, except for our bass player. Everybody else in our band, we all got our roots in church, one way or another. And so, for me, like as a kid. I, I was already around music from my uncles and stuff. You know, I'd get babysat, and they're not really trying to watch me, so they'd hand me a guitar. And you know, that like even to this day, like I don't use a guitar pick when I play because the first chords my uncle taught me, he didn't have a pick at his house. He was like, "Hey, you can either learn with this quarter or just your fingers." And I was like, "Yeah, that quarter's too thick." So <laughs> I, I still just play without a pick. So like I was, I kind of already had got my feet wet a little bit through family, but then when I like, I probably like, I don't know, probably six or so grade, I started getting asked to play in this church band in town in Gastonia actually and I was like I, I said no at first and my parents were like oh hell yeah you're you're about to play in that we don't want to deal with you right now. <laughs> and uh which was it ended up being like the biggest blessing for me because it, it was like just like a small town church band that like you know in like sixth or so seventh grade they're just really teaching me how to be a bass player and like within the next two years that same band we competed in like battle of the bands one North Carolina and one competed at nationals at Disney World like while we were going to Bessemer City together That's I was like awesome. doing that and not even like no one at school knew about it. I was just playing on the football team, but out here being a bass player on the weekends. You wanna you wanna shout out that church? Uh actually I don't know even know if it's still there, honestly. Back in the day it was called Evangel. It was on Neil Hawkins Road, Evangel Assemblies of God. And then it turned it like when I was a kid, it was called Generation Church. And now I don't know if it's there anymore or not. Is that where the solar farm is now? Probably. Yeah, exactly <laughs> where the solar farm is. So uh. funny thing is my first job was breaking horses and cleaning horse stalls at Sunnyside where the solar farm is now. That used to be a horse farm. And I, that was my first job. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> I actually live out that way. And uh, guess what's right beside my house? Solar what? panels. Solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like all the, like I cut my teeth out there. That's There's like 40 acres of land behind that church where we would like ride dirt bikes at and shit our whole lives. And it sounds like that was the very beginning of the of your musical journey. I mean, were there any um, like musical influences, bands that you listened to, you know, growing up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as long the first artist I can remember is Travis Tritt. I can remember being like a little kid in my grandma's Oldsmobile and finding a white cassette tape with Travis Tritt dressed in all purple and be like, "Yeah, this is the dude right here." <laughs> and uh, so I like from a, a young age, I remember like loving country music. That's the first kind of music I, I learned all the words to. But at the same time, I really was into a lot of like heavier the guitars when I was a kid. I was a huge Stevie Ray fan, was, you know, got really into psychedelic rock for a little while. And so it was just like, as a kid, I was around a lot of music as far as like my family listened to a lot of different music. And I had the opportunity to like witness a lot of different musicians. And so I think I was influenced a lot more by personal musicians than music I heard on the radio but I still was like I heard a lot of different stuff so I never really like settled into a genre like until the last two years I really just been playing music as, uh, like across the board because that's kind of how I was influenced by it 
So your sure. so your family was very nurturing in in the whole musical uh, adventure there. They were very- yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's like an interesting way. It's like you know, my family is never the family that's like at, they were never at the gigs or like part of my, most of my family's like never even seen me play. But like as a kid, my mom's brother is like my uncle Dondi. That's probably like my biggest musical inspiration. And he's like the most badass musician I've ever met. And he just he lives like out in the woods in Bessemer City, just like a good old boy. But like, so my mom like grew up around incredible musicians and her, you know, she had musicians in her family. So she knew what it was like, what it was to be around good music. But she also saw where like her parents didn't, you know, necessarily like push that in the right way. And it didn't pan out like it could have with the talents that he had. And so my mom was always like, what my dad wasn't always on that same book, but my mom was always like, yo, like you're going to do this shit no matter what, even though when I like, didn't want to play music. My dad was the one that was like, "Hey, this is the shit you're finna do, my man." <laughs> well, that's great that you, that you've had that push. How did you go from Gastonia living to being up there in Tennessee doing what you guys are doing now and producing these hits? So I moved from Bessemer City to Milan, Tennessee, when I was in high school. Originally to play football. It's a long story. Got there, dropped out of high school, like all the good ones. And uh, <laughs> I actually got quote unquote adopted by this gospel artist, like a kind of well-known black gospel artist. Uh, he came through some church friends of mine that I was playing music with like, Hey, you should go to this conference with us. And I was like, not about it. Not trying to do that. And they're like, sure. We'll pay for your way. And you're staying at this big hotel. And I was like, run it. I've never been to Nashville. Let's go. And I went, met this gospel artist and his team. And then we kicked it off and they're like, Hey man, we feel like you should join the team. And at the time I was 50, 15 or something so something like that 16 something i don't know and uh i was already dropped out of high school and i was like yeah like this is really cool like basically it was just gospel people that traveled the world like 340 days of the year and so i like just got to tennessee but right after i moved to tennessee i met them and went on the road full-time with them and then through that like really that's where i like connected all my roots of music in tennessee because all my band i met through playing on the road in gospel like on the road with him and then, like, I can't. I ended up coming back and going to college in Tennessee, and that was also like another church connect through that. So you ended up finishing high school anyway, and yeah, I got my GED at Catawba Valley Community College. Represent. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yep, shout out to those guys, man. CDC, baby. I, I'm curious. You said that you, you you're doing chimney sweep work now in the winter. Is that a uh, byproduct of COVID? Were you full time doing music before all the show stopped? Yeah, pretty much. So I had, this like sounds terrible from my upbringing, but I didn't work a day last year, man. It was honestly awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, kind of, so when I got out of school, I went to work at a church, worked at a church for a few years. And I was just like, man, like, this is not it. Like there's something more. So luckily I had put enough money back that I could come back to Chattanooga and just kind of live for a little while. And then I started making connections as a writer. And then that kind of has sustained me, you know, through, just studio work or session work. And then as the show started picking up with the band, you know, it kind of just one thing led to another. I was kind of not really having to worry about working a day job. And then when COVID hit, you know, every show canceled immediately. So did all the session work, especially, I don't know how North Carolina was, but like Nashville, it was just literally like on a dime, it all shut down. Yeah. And so especially like, you know, no session work for a little while. And so I had first started working with some friends doing irrigation and I was like, bro, this sucks. That's that works. So yeah. Yeah. I, I've, done, I've done that. Yeah. In the middle of the hot summer, digging trenches for little three inch pipes. Yeah. yeah literally. 
all day long thinking about like swinging a pickaxe and you're like you, you finish an hour of swinging a pickaxe and like yo somebody if i walked off the job site right now he would give me 11 dollars for this fuck that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is terrible this is not worth it so uh had a friend who was like yeah we're doing chimney sweeping this you want to come do this and i was like sure why not i needed so i work monday through wednesday doing that and then i have like studio stuff has kind of opened back up a little bit to the point that now we can go back to Wednesday, Wednesday through Sunday. I'm either playing or in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, two, two things off of that note, that's sort of the hold up on, on our opening the rooster um, because of all this Corona stuff, it's just kind of made, made everything difficult with the regulations that are in place and kind of, like you said, the, the stop on a dime thing that just kind of happened and, and still kind of proceeds to be happening. Uh, and to uh, to another point, that's great though that you 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 know that you didn't have to really work. You would just play and and be in the the music industry, making a, you know enough money to not have to. I think that's that's yeah, the mean, dream. It's, it's it sounds like you were living your dream. I mean, you you were you were having success. You were making enough money to live off of on the road, doing doing what you love to do. And you know what more can you ask for? And I gotta say, you know, country seems to be like the one genre where you have to write to get in there. Like yeah. you said, you were, you were doing songwriting, doing Ooh, sometimes. And it's like, I, ha I don't know of any country star that didn't have to write first. Like, so many other genres, people just come out of nowhere, but it seems like that's the, the, the template. That's, that's what you have to do in country music to, to make it. And so, I mean, you've definitely put in the work. I, I got to say a lot of respect there and, you know, just Thank going you. off the energy you're giving us now, your attitude seems fantastic, man. You, you got this positive, you know, outgoing, you know, loving attitude that, and humble and yeah. And humble. And I think it's great, man. I, I just, I'm, that's just a general statement, <laughs> not a question. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I do have something to, not to rebuttal, but almost, the one thing is, is there, like, there's so many cats on the radio these days in country that, like, man, they didn't even pay for the pencil that wrote the song. You know what I'm saying? Hey. That's, that's the one thing that I'm like, I, I, I kind of want to see bring back or come back to life a little bit more in country is real songwriting. There's not, like, there's no, there's some storytelling in country, but that's what country's about to me is, is, like, you know, the country music that I grew up on was, stories and, and I, I was getting emotions from songs and not just party music which is, I feel like is pretty just much what country music has become these days which I know it's like the cool thing to do to hate on country music these days so I don't <laughs> want to go there because there I do respect a lot of the cats that are killing it these days but I do want to like that's like my like goal in all of country music is like let's just bring songwriting back let's I have like, a feeling really write it well, I have a feeling that um, once once this COVID stuff's over and, and things start ramping back up, I have a feeling that it's going to go back to that Wild West, you have to get out there and make it thing in country. I think the people that are very successful now, are they're taking this break and they're going to start living lives and do other things. And I think there's going to be this whole new generation, not just country, but every genre of music, we're going to see just an explosion of wealth, if you may, of talent yep. uh, coming up. And it's going to go, I think it's going to go back to, you're going to have to get in your van and tour and make a name for yourself on the road. Um, yep. you know, you never, I agree so much. And I mean, you're luckily you're ahead of the curve. Um, what is your i'm curious as to what your songwriting process looks like i'm kind of weird with it i, I see it so it's kind of weird i write melody first always no matter what 
like never i never know what the chords are I, if i shoot I'm trying to see how to say this without sounding too high most of the time <laughs> i'll just write the words and a melody and i'll just come to band practice and i'm like all right we got a new song and like all right what are the chords and like just be quiet and listen and i'll just sing the melody a bunch of times and then the band will just pick it out or i'll like if that's like if it just comes to me but then I had a great mentor named John Brockman. He's an incredible gospel writer. And uh, he taught me that you don't have to like, he, he taught me how to take being a writer and needing inspiration into being the inspiration. And to the point he was like, hey, you know, like a lot of people think that you have to write, like it, it has to hit you. And then if it doesn't hit you, it's not good. But he kind of got me into this mindset that he's like, hey, if you're, if you're a writer, it's in you. He's like, now you just need to hone that gift and really like practice at that which is like at first was really awkward and weird. I was like, how do you practice at writing? But I just got to the point now that like, like if you looked at my voice memos on my phone, I think my last count was like 1700 or 1800. I just oh, daily, I'm like, I, I've like made it a point that no matter what my life looks like in that moment, I'm going to spend like every day, I'm going to spend 30 minutes writing about something. And if it's a shitty song, I'm going to finish that shitty song so that that shitty song doesn't come out in the next good song. It's like, I take like all these little like things that I've heard from a lot of good writers in the, the past that I've like, cause I'm really a nerd about music when it comes to writers. I love songwriters. So I like to like, who wrote the song? Okay. Where'd you get the inspiration from? And then I'm going to watch a hundred interviews about that guy and how he got that song. So I've just taken a lot of those things and put it to that. Well, I think that was a long answer that didn't really answer your question. So, <laughs> no, it definitely know, did. A little like niche process I do. I don't know. If, like, well, you, you like did kind of answer it at first. You know, you come in with the melody and you kind of let the band become a part of that process. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's cool. There's so many different ways to write a song. And, that, and that's cool that that's your process. You, you know, I've, I've said this before about a couple other people, but it seems as though you just have the music. Just, it's just oozing out of you. You can't help yourself but yeah. to write. And that's a, that, that is a gift, by the way. It, it really is. And I like the fact that, that the determination's there. And you're like, look, no matter what, I'm going to sit down for half an hour and hone this craft because that's how you constantly improve. That's, that's how I have this feeling. And, and probably everybody that hears your music, that you guys are going to succeed and have great success because you can, you Thank can you. hear the songwriting. You can hear the emotion behind the music. It's not just some factoried out song, you know, it's, it's a real musical piece. It's, you know, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. That, that honestly, that means a lot. I think for us, we just want it to be genuine at all times. And I, yeah. I think that's, where we like kind of rely on our church roots is we'll just you know we are like funny thing is oh we play country crying songs and people like it's funny because you hear that and you're like, like dang like this is gonna be so sad and you come you have a blast at our show but yep. if you listen to the words they're sad as hell or they're like really <laughs> deep or they're like talking about heavy stuff like buy the bottles a party song and it, yeah. it gets you hyped up but if you listen to the words it's all about me like i tried like everything I could. I tried working at the church. I tried doing all these things and now I don't know what to do. I just drink and do my thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if we try to like, just be as open as we can and the same way, like, all right, we're just going to let the music flow. We'll just let what we have our, our emotions or like our feelings flow in this music. And hopefully it like connects with somebody. And that's, we just try to be as congregational as possible. If that makes sense. That, yeah. And I love the juxtaposition between like sad lyrics, but happy music. So yeah, it's, it you know what I mean? That's one of my favorite things about the, the metal, metal core genre is, you know, you've got this heavy, a lot of dudes screaming, 
but if you're listening, positive yeah, you're hearing all these positive messages <laughs> with this awesome amped up music that gets you exactly. High. Yeah. Yeah. Music does a lot of great things, man. I'm glad you called back the church. Uh, I was actually going to uh, bring up the fact that you kind of had a different sound before. Um, you kind of had sort of a funky vibe going uh, I was flowing with that, man. I'm a huge funk fan. I play the keys and I always funk it up on there. So how did you transition from being so damn funky to so damn country? Yeah, I think I would it, even I mean, say I, soulful. Yeah, soulful. Uh, you definitely have a soulful vibe in your music. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think a I lot think of today's country is missing it. I think the funk is still there. Like some, we have some new songs that you would hear like, oh, like it's still in there. Um, for me, it has a lot to do with, I'm very much, uh, like, a habitat person. The habitat that I'm in, I will like dwell into that and become part of that. So, you know, when I went on the road with the band, I was playing black gospel music every night. I learned a whole new sphere of, or sphere of music. Like, okay, these are new runs that I didn't know how to sing before. I didn't know about diminished seven chords and stuff like that. Like, and so it, that kind of brought me out. And then when I went to college, I went to Lee University in Cleveland. And it's like this random Bible college, but every kid at the whole school can play and or sing, everybody. Literally, like, it's not even cool to be a musician there because everyone's <laughs> so fucking good. Was that intimidating like, at all? No, it was honestly, it was like a sigh of relief for me. When I first got there, like it wasn't cool to be a musician. And I had just came off the road with my, uh, like with Eddie and, and like the church, the school that I was going to, he's like a God. And so when I first got there, I like didn't play music and nobody knew who I was. And so it was like super cool. I could just like hang out for the first semester. That sounds like really like arrogant to say, but it was like, I just got to like, ex I didn't get to experience real high school and had been on the road. So it was like, I got to live like a normal kid life for a little while, which was yeah, really cool I, for me. I mean, I, I didn't do good at it at all, but <laughs> I wouldn't say arrogant. I, it sounds to me like you found home. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool for me, which is why, like, it's been – I've moved away from this area because it's now just 30 minutes down the street from where I live in Chattanooga. And when I moved there, I was like – I was exactly what you say. Like, I'm not from here, and I feel more at home in Chattanooga than I do in Gastonia. And I've tried to move away from here, and every time, like, I get this feeling, like, now nah, I got to go back to Tennessee, which we've heard <laughs> a lot of songs about that. I'm like, there's just something here that I'm like, okay, like, I kind of almost feel like I started something here that I can't leave until I finish it, but I don't know what that is. So we'll figure that out. <laughs> Well, well you're right in the thick of it then. You're, yeah. You're in the middle of this journey, that's awesome. Yeah. We got you at a good time. <laughs> For sure. Is that uncertainty, does does it scare you at all? Does it make you excited? Like what what kind of emotion do you ride on on that uncertainty? Um, I think I think I, it definitely, you know, is it's kind of scary at times, but I think I live off the high off of it. Um, I don't think I'm wired to have all my ducks in a row. I don't think I can like <laughs> As, as like weird as that sounds, you know, I take this job, graduate college, go to Atlanta, start working at a church, got the, the income that I want. I'm starting to live where I want. I have the, the life that I want. And it just was still, I was just like, ah, I hate this. Like, I, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. So I feel like the, like, never really knowing keeps me from that freak out moment. It keeps me always knowing, like, okay, well, there's a next step. There's a next rung in the ladder we got to figure this next part out and it keeps me, you know, keeps the wheels turning. Is it safe to say you don't really have like a set goal in mind? You're just kind of along for the ride or do you, do you have goals you want to achieve with what you're doing? 
Uh, both and. I I have you know there there's definitely you know I definitely want to play at the Ryman in the next five years is top goals. Um, then there's you know there's a, a theater in Chattanooga called the Tivoli. It seats like two thousand twenty five hundred something like that. It's just like a random old like orchestra theater. But Travis Tritt is like the only country star to sell it out from around here. I don't think he's from here. He's not from here from Georgia, but like. He's the only country star I've seen sell it out. And there's never been a band from that come out of Chattanooga to sell it out. So that's like a huge goal for me. Um, but then at the same time, it's kind of just along for the ride. Like we, I kind of want to be like biggest country band that's bigger than country music, which sounds really weird because I want to make music that's like, we want to like, obviously, you know, that the goal is like, yeah, we want to we take it to the top. But I don't want to make music for just country people. I want to make music for people. And I think that's like, love that. Yeah. That's, the, that's the whole, that's the whole, that's the best line of the interview right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we could end it right now. We, <laughs> we did our job. That was amazing. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. I think it, it's just, if you look at our band, you know, I mean, just point, put it out there. I mean, we're going to be the most, probably one of the more interracial bands, if not the most interracial band in all of country music. And we're going to push that line and limit as far as we can, because I believe like, solely and a thousand percent in unity you know i'm from bessemer city which is a country as bum town but all my <laughs> friends growing up you know were these interracial kids from all over like the place from all different walks of life and so i and i think that's because you know we all just were all poor together and so we didn't know any better and so you know really i didn't know racism even though like it's crazy to think like gasoline race in Bessemer city is like, there's so much racism that's alive there. And yet I never knew racism in, like I do now until I moved to Tennessee. And I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Like, I, what do you mean you didn't grow up having like neighbors and riding the bus with 10 different nationalities? Like what the heck? Like I lived in a, this bumpkin ass town and I knew an Asian kid, a Hispanic kid, like four or five Turkish kids, you know, like, and so like, with that, like, that's kind of been always like my biggest push is like, even though we're playing country music, we're gonna be like social, we're gonna, like, we're gonna be like some social justice warriors at the same time, which I know is like a very like frowned upon, like people like, that's the goofy thing to say, but like, even though we're not preaching anymore, we still got platforms and everybody in my band, like we carried a platform at the church that we were at and I believe, and I kind of hold my band to that standard. It's like, hey, like we're here for a good time, but we're also gonna like, we're going to be the light in this room if we're the only light in this room. You know what I'm saying? That's great, yeah, man. People gravitate toward love. I mean, we do live in a very hateful, you know, exactly, unfortunately, but, but people will gravitate toward love. I'm getting kind of a Sturgill Simpson vibe with your attitude too. I like that. Yeah. He's yeah. the man. Sturgill's man. You can't get wrong with Sturgill. Yeah. He came, he came on the scene and was like, you know, pardon my language. He's like, fuck country music. I'm making my music. And, yep. You know, this is for everybody. And I like, that's kind of what I'm getting from you too. In a, see, we don't, I don't want to go as far as, like, fuck country music because, like, I, I want to be, like, I don't want to go that, like, too far, like, where it's, like, I don't want to turn people off from my music either. And I think, you know, when you come in guns ablaze and, like, fuck this and fuck you and fuck that, you're just burning bridges for no reason. I want to, like, figure out how to bring those crowds together rather than, like, fucking them, this guy and fuck that guy. I'm like, hey, like, let me make a song that tricks you into thinking it's for you and tricks you and think it's for you. And now you guys are friends because you both like the same song. Dude, God, I love this. Yeah, this is, this is what this is exactly why I'm opening the rooster. Yep, and that's, <laughs> this is exactly why. That's uh, it's a lot of our mission, man. We want to bring all the locals around and uh, give them a platform to you know for their music and um, 
but yeah, I feel like we're on the clock now. We gotta get we gotta get this thing open before he gets too big to book. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> man, I'm gonna get you this guy in the door. You guys are the first people from Gasoline to ever acknowledge me with music, so I will do anything with you guys forever. Oh, oh, just come play I don't at the think rooster. Anybody else from our high school knows I play music. <laughs> this guy, man, I'm like, we have to reach out and do this episode, and I, I gotta say, it's a it's a bonus episode. We're actually done with season two. This is just a season special. One. Or yeah, season yeah. one. We're done. We're all done with season one. So this here is just a one-off special show. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah Hell I gotta else. say, Cody, you were right about this, man. This was a great idea. Yeah, super, mm-hmm. super good. Probably best show ever. I say that on every show, but this was really great, man. Uh, yeah. For our listeners out there, uh, tell everybody where to find more of Dalton and the Boys. You can find us on Instagram at Cowboy Casanova. Um, Shoot, let's break through this down. So Instagram is Cowboy Casanova. Twitter, I believe, is Dalton and the Boys. I wish I had my phone. I'm talking on my phone. Wow. Um, Facebook is Dalton and the Boys. YouTube is Dalton and the Boys. Spotify, iTunes, everything else across the board is Dalton and the Boys. So it's pretty much Dalton and the Boys everywhere except for Instagram. It's Cowboy Casanova. And we will do our best to help you promote anything that you do. Uh, tell us the upcoming the album you're working on. How Do you have a timetable? When, when will more new music be out? Yeah, we need it so we actually we're in a cool little spot um we i kind of believe that for at first the best way for people to really understand us is to hear us live because again bringing that church element there's just so much energy to our music and so with the record that we we just released we all cut that in a, a live in a room together and just all right let's hit this ready click play cut it put it out it's a live record let's do it and so um there's so many hiccups that came with that and it took us a hot minute with that so we were like all right how are we gonna do this again so we did it again but this time we did it in a it's on a live stream that we released but it, we did it in a professional studio we just live streamed our recording basically and it, it looked like it was a cool little show but we were uh, like multi-tracking the whole thing so with that being said i'm too high on rambling but <laughs> so the, the record that we just dropped bad boy gospel we'll do a full rollout so we kind of do like a soft launch in november the plan was really not to drop it before christmas because you can't really compete with christmas music but it was like a personal goal for mine like i had to have something out in this year so i put it out we're just seeing the numbers like naturally what we're at right now and then in january we'll do like a full rollout i kind of wanted to do like everything a label would do for an artist but by myself so we've paid to put up some billboards in town and doing some like radio and news interviews and That's things like awesome. that to, to try to like, you know, build our own little crowd. And then we're dropping two music videos in January for buy the bottle and girl, let me know, which you guys got to tune in for buy the bottle music video. I'm actually going, coming back into North Carolina for that. We, uh, we filming me this little sneak peek. No one else knows us be uh, riding a bull in a rodeo for the buy the bottle music. video. That is awesome, so, dude. Got to, uh, got to keep it true to the character of hometown. So, and then, girl, let me know I have a music video. But then February, March, April, we're going to come back to back to back with singles. So we're going to do a Valentine's Day. I'm dropping a song called Homemade Wine, which is a classic country cheating song. And then we'll come in March, drop a song called Cowboy Boots, says I'm a whole lot better looking in my cowboy boots. And then we'll come in in April and drop a song called Goodlessville Girl, which is a Tennessee love song. And so we'll drop all the, the singles, and that'll kind of just build the momentum while also it tides us over while the rest of this kicking off in January, we're going to start rolling into a whole new record. We're going to do a, a honky tonk dance record. for a bunch of tunes that we've, Cause we've been throwing all these with COVID shut down. We didn't have anywhere to play this summer. And so we're like, we got to still play. We got to figure this out. And so I just started renting out barns or bars or mess halls and 
throwing my own parties. And but it <laughs> COVID friendly parties, checking temperatures outside, doing the whole bang, masking up. But working with all these bars and stuff in town, they're like, hey, you guys are losing money and so are we put put your name on this and pay for the beer and then I'll get all these people to come visit your bar. And through that, like we threw all these parties this summer and we're barely having to come out of pocket other than having to like I pay the band every time, but other than that, I off these, you know, just free shows we're throwing, getting people to sponsor it. We started getting this crazy honky-tonk dance environment where people are out there line dancing who've never danced before. Dude, so please like, tell me y'all do a record like that. Please tell me y'all do boot scoop boogie. Oh, bro. We, we do boot scoop boogie. We do, we have this, I, uh, we have this song. It's literally called country crying song and I'll send you a voice memo of it or like a little demo of it. When we get please. off the interview, but it's where that funk comes back into town. And so we'll do that song yeah. and then we'll do this break out of nowhere and be like, uh, ah, play something country bum, 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 and then go oh, and dunn see nice. like say, yes. ride it out and just dance it away like a med like a medley that's amazing exactly. dude. that is a, a, amazing well look thanks for taking the time to uh to hop on the interview with us today man is there anything else that you just want to you want to plug uh shoot hit that spotify up man Dog get them the streams boys. get them streams up i gotta plug my homies from who are who are killing it in the hometown scene Cole Cook is one of the baddest riders I know, and he is in Hickory, North Carolina, and he is, I mean, dude, he is bad as bone. He pushes me to be a better rider every day. And Trent Glisson is, I don't know if you guys know him too, he's from Gastonia, he went to Hunter Huss, but uh, he's killing it every night on Broadway out there just grinding. So I want to shout out to those two dudes who are holding it down for sure. Awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Dalton. Absolutely. This was, thank you, guys. This was a, a treat for us. Um, you know, Merry Christmas to us, right? Yes. And Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. you all. Dalton, we will definitely see you soon. Absolutely. Keep grinding, my you. friend. All right. See you. Bye. Peace. Peace. Well, guys, that was our gift to you. Merry Christmas to all and to all a rooster night. Cock-a-doodle-doo! Is it okay if I smoke on this podcast? Is that okay?